0: You're listening to the season finale of Adam Air M.D. G.E.D. Underground Cartoon Therapy. All right. Well, this whole episode is with Kim Jackson. Kim, you there?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm here. All right. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for spending the last hour with me uh, before we even recorded while I was having a mental breakdown, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> you're like I didn't know you were gonna tell him that part. No,
1: <laughs> no we we just have the look. You know, not all conversations are supposed to be all skip to Malou. You know,
0: no. Sometimes,
1: you know, sometimes things are are rough, man. It's a it's a rough fucking world out there, and uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta talk to people about it.
0: You did, and you were there for me, and uh, I guess we're going to take a trip to Oz, since I got my brain somewhat together to do the season finale here.
1: Okay. Yeah, but yeah just um, just even like when you were uh, kind of prepping the show just now, a couple things just popped in my head about this, so um, just about Oz, the different connections, like I feel like, um, yeah, some things popped in my head, so... It'll be an interesting conversation.
0: Well, what are you thinking? What you got on your mind?
1: Yeah, um, one of the things like you that um, you know, because we, you know, we kind of talked about this before. Um, just like lots of there's lots of weird shit about all of that stuff, right? You know, just the the movies, um, the movie, the fact that there's like mysteries about the movie. There's just the whole thing is like why has this movie lasted for like you know damn near 80 years you know that's true yeah you know I think that there's something that it just draws people in like every fucking year you know like people just get into this movie and um oh you know part of what the, the thing that I thought about was that um is that uh what the two things that we've seen was we went to Frank or L L Frank Baum's grave? Oh yeah. Yeah, and we went to Toto's
0: grave. I think I'm gonna use that as the uh, the cover for the show. You know?
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. See, dude, look, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I that's why I was like, dude, this 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 whole like thing is right for conversation, You know? It's such a um, it's, and, and, you know, I think it's weak to even say that it's iconic, you know, because it's it's more than just like iconic, you know. There's something that just is a hundred percent fucking magical about the whole movie, and there's something kind of it's it's
0: it's, it's dark. It's, it is. It's it's,
1: it's it's like it's comedy and it's musical and it's dark and there's mystery around it. There's controversy. I mean, it's, what else do people
0: want, man? I guess let's talk about a bit of it. Um, yeah. I think my very... The first thing I thought was really interesting about it was always about the the missing hanging munchkin. Uh, yeah. Well, you remember, I think we got in this uh, argument with one of these dudes that... Um, You know, at one point, he was, like, uh, arguing with us about how there was no Hanging Munchkin. It was always a crane. But there are two different, like, shots. And uh, now that there's, like, this Mandela effect, right? And you know about the Mandela effect. Yeah. And there are two of the Mandela effects that I know now in the uh, movie... Is that uh, now they have weapons. The scarecrow has a gun. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I I, I grew up watching that movie over and over and over. And just a little backtrack, guys, I know I've said it on a previous episode, but every um, St. Patrick's Day, that was the one day a year we were allowed me and my sister were allowed to eat at McDonald's. And uh, we had the Shamrock fucking shake. And at 7 o'clock, we were allowed to eat the meal, drink the shake, and watch Wizard of Oz. As soon as it got done, we went to bed. The end. Uh, Not once do I remember this scene with the four of them going through this forest and the scarecrow has a gun. The lion has a gigantic anti-witch fucking like acme fucking bug spray fucking thing no shit and uh-huh. the, the and the and the tin man has a monkey wrench like he's gonna hit somebody with it and they're wow. walking through the forest and the monkeys get let out right after that the monkeys the flying monkeys get let out of the witch's castle. And what was the famous line that you remember when she's, when, they, when they leave? Do you remember what she would say?
1: Wait, when, when the
0: monkeys leave? Yeah, when she sends them out the window from the witch's castle. And she's like, we'll go get those little assholes right now. And so she sends them out. And the line was that I remember was, uh, fly my pretties, fly. And now she doesn't say that. She says, fly, fly. And I was like, no, that's not what she said. She said, fly, my pretties, fly. And I've heard motherfuckers make fun of it even on different shows and shit. Yeah. And that's not what she says anymore. And the monkeys go literally into the forest, and it's a totally different way how they drag them out. I feel like I was watching a totally different fucking movie, man. And it, you know, it, it really didn't happen until 2015.
1: You know what? I think, like it's, you know, I think that that's part of what's... Because, like, honestly, I don't think I've actually sat through the entire movie. Like, I think that part of it is, like, I'll start watching the movie and then... I think because I'm an adult and, you know, like sometimes I just assume because I've seen it before, like I'll just, you know, like when you're watching something on TV, um, you will like you'll like be in and out, you know, because you're like, oh, wait, like I've seen this part. I'm going to come, you know, walk away, go eat a sandwich, come back. And so I haven't sat through the movie and like watched like end to end in like a really long time. So I'm only, you know, I think I've been guilty of only watching, like, bits and pieces because it's like, I want to go get a sandwich. Uh, You know, where's the remote, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of would be kind of cool to watch it to see if it's like how I remember it because that's like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea, right? I mean, I always so as soon as the Mandela effect thing happened, I had to associate that. That's what happened with that hanging munchkin thing, too, because it was totally related. And it you know
1: Excuse me. oh I I mean to pop on your show. Okay, um but no, I think that part of what um I think that part of like I thought that there were like actual photos of the munchkin, you know. Like I thought that that existed, like out
0: in the world. Yeah, they did. Um and in real life they were all like kind of junkies and shit even like they had opium problems. According to Judy Garland's bio.
1: Yeah, I've heard that before, too, that they were just
0: junky little pervert fucks.
1: Yeah, that they that they partied, that they went to the bars and, you know, um, that it was, you know, like behind the scenes, it was it was a rowdy bunch.
0: (laughs) To say the least.
1: Yeah. yeah, Which brings
0: us to like under the rainbow. Right. Because the Chevy Chase movie.
1: Yeah, which you said that you saw recently, which is, first of all, I think that's amazing. I totally remembered yeah, it.
0: Um, Billy Barty, yeah. not Billy Barty, that's, uh, I thought it, is his name Billy Barty? I think so. Uh, the little guy uh, from yeah. Time Bandits? Yeah, wait. He's on, no he's, the, he's the lead on Time Bandits. Uh, okay. He plays uh, Randall, you know, with the fucking Air Force Commander fucking little helmet. And he's got the map of the universe that God's trying to get back. Oh, yeah. And and Kenny Baker, who plays R2-D2, he plays Fidget in uh, Time Bandits, but he's also in Under the Rainbow as an unknown guy who just, uh, this wealthy, yuppie, aristocratic elder lady, she's like... Young boy, can you go grab my bags? And, she, and he, and he and so the, mid, uh, the midget, you know, Kenny Baker, he grabs her tits, and that's, yeah. <laughs> and then she says, "Behave." And I thought, yeah. well, you know, you could get away with that kind of in this weird way in 80, 83 or whatever. I like that though. Can you grab my bags? And so he grabs her tits. <laughs> I thought that was great.
1: It was dark humor.
0: It was dark. That whole fucking uh, episode too, man, or that movie, it's got that big-ass motherfucker who looks like Jim Jim Do- Dugan or whatever from fucking uh, from the comics, you know, A- the original Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like this big guy who was like in... He played Big Enos on Smokey and the Bandit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Big Enos and Little
1: Enos?
0: (laughs) And uh, Big Enos, that's him. He's in the movie. He works at the motel, and they wanted to use this really big dude so they could demonstrate how small all the people were. And Carrie Fisher's in there at age 24. And Chevy Chase is in there, and I always thought it was, like, around him, you know? Mm-hmm. But they do a pretty good about equally distributing uh, him out of there. And kind of focusing on to everybody. I thought that was cool. Yeah. There's really unique things in there. And there was actually some kind of, like, World War II fucking ploy that happened in real life on the set of Wizard of Oz. What? Um, yeah. Yep, and I think that's where they got the idea for the movie, because it's the movie's really about Adolf Hitler sending off this Nazi midget motherfucker uh, to America to go meet up with a Japanese uh, spy in Culver City.
1: Dude, that sounds crazy.
0: That's really what the movie's about. And it's about these war plans getting into the wrong hands. Chevy Chase kind of plays this goofy, debonair watch guy who watches out for these aristocratic, uh, you know, guys who think they're getting assassinated all the time. And all this killing does happen. But the way they play off the killing in the movie, it's like, (laughs) you know, with a little gag line at it. You know, it's not, you know, but at least fucking 30 people die in the movie.
1: Dude, I thought this was comedy.
0: You know, when I watched it when I was a mo- <laughs> when I was a kid, I never caught it, you know, the way they bypassed the whole, oh my god, you killed them, you know, the way they do today. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even a thing in the 80s. You know. Uh
1: But you know what's crazy is, like, I think that it's really interesting that you mentioned, like, the whole, like, World War II plot. Yeah. Because that's probably, like, around the same time that, uh, like, that movie, like, 1941 came out. Because remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, Which was the whole, like, World War II and bombers and... I think that that was, like, a thing back in the 70s and 80s, like, where they would make... A lot of the movies that they made were about like the nineteen twenties to like the nineteen forties. Like people were into like that nostalgia of that era. Because a lot of those people were still alive back then, you know? Like if you were a fucking teenager in nineteen, you know, thirty nine when the Wizard of Oz came out, you know, you weren't like you know let's see like in 1981 you weren't that old you know what i'm saying like you were still kind of i kind of still pushing you know what i'm saying so i think that that's um you know they're probably like in their like our age you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think that people wanted to see that kind of stuff and i think there's such a mystique around you know the wizard of oz um I think, I don't think that that's ever going to go away. No, I just, I don't think that it's going to happen. Because, like, even, you know, when they show it, like, what it's like they show it at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. Um, It's like a family thing, you know? (laughs) It's like you just assume, like, I remember I was having a conversation with my little cousins one time, and I was like, there's this movie, and it had this girl, and, like, I was describing it like, and they were looking at me like, we know the Wizard of Oz, you know? Because I thought, I didn't know little kids would know it. But they, you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. It's in, it's in everybody's head. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not...
0: It is this not- kind of, like, psychosis that uh, I think Frank L. Baum was able to <laughs> tap into. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, he knew... He was like one of these guys, like uh, that wrote. What's a dick that wrote fucking uh, Alice in Wonderland?
1: Oh, Lewis Carroll.
0: You know he was like that. He could tap into the psychology. It's Alice in Wonderland is the same fucking story, you know, uh, in a different way because it breaks the dimensional barrier that the child psychology deeply needs to explore. Pink Floyd does it again, and recreates it as an adult.
1: Well, I think that part of it is, is like, I think that every, I mean, not every human, okay, but I think that people, people want, people, people want a little magic. Like, like the world is a fucked up place. And I think that, um, but I think that to have things be sort of magical and be, and like, not just magical, but like fantastical where shit comes alive and, you know, there's like monsters. I think like those people really still want that. People want that and because you know, I think you can even compare shit to those stories. You know, there's like, you can always use um but you can always take lessons from what those movies are trying to say, you know, um, and I think that the people are always going to work that. I mean, that's why growing folks and shit are still like, you know, people like Alice in Wonderland, people like the Wizard of Oz, you know, because there's something people like that little magic. You know, people need that little spark that makes them feel like they're a kid again.
0: Well. That and usually it doesn't come in that way because it's kind of the way Dorothy gets fucking knocked in the head by the window pane flying out of the side of the house during the tornado and it whacks her in the head. She totally has to go under before she can actually access that point. She couldn't just be there. You know what I mean? It did it wasn't like the tornado fucking just took her and and that was the end of it. You know, that that didn't happen. You know?
1: That's the thing with Alice in Wonderland. Like, she actually... Like, she had to fall... You know, she had to fall into the fucking Earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, you... It's like, I think that... Because you just... You can't just... You can't... There's some level of, like,
0: pain you have to go through.
1: Yeah. Because I think that, like... I think even kids... See, this is what's... Here's what's kind of interesting about kids. I think that kids are they have something that we don't have i mean and maybe this is the the sad part the beautiful part is that they can coexist between reality and their like their own their own like worlds you know like sometimes a little kid will be telling you about their world and you're just like fuck man like i i'm i feel bad because i can't get there with you but i want to help you and because so they but I think on some level, they understand that it takes a little bit of that it takes a little bit of a push to get you to that next world. And maybe that's why they dig it. You know, they dig it because they know that they, they know this. This they know all about the word. kids are smart, man. Just like just like kids. This is what kids know. Kids know that you just can't drop a fucking anvil on a person and it's OK, they know that. They're not stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of. No. I mean, you know. You mean, you know well, you know, there is that hypothetical-like uh, reality where, again, it's like, yeah, you can't drop it here, but you can drop it in Oz, and it might turn into a fucking bouquet of flowers when you hit somebody, as opposed to as opposed to someone's brains fucking getting yeah. bashed out, you know.
1: I mean, but I think that's—I think that's the whole beauty, you know. And I think that that's—that's that's why these—that's why certain stories stay classic, you know. I—I um, I, I don't know. I mean, I—I I think that there's there's something like really, um, you know, because God, we, we were talking about this too, like a couple days ago. You know, because we—I think we've mentioned like a lot of—it's so funny because we touch on a lot of different subjects. But you know, we've talked about like, um, like where, like you watch stuff as a kid or you hear little things as a kid, and you you don't get it because you haven't lived that life experience, right? Yeah. But then when you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh fuck, man, that's what that was going on. Like I, you know, I always think it's interesting is like. Um, here, okay, here's a interesting thing about Wizard of Oz is like, and, and a lot of movies and books
0: and TV shows
1: that it deals with the fucking reality that Dorothy's parents are dead. That's like, true. They're fucking dead, dude. And it's why is it that <laughs> you know you know what's funny is like people think people say shit like this all the time. Kids can't handle the reality and blah blah blah. I'm like, give it to you kids, yeah, kids are like, oh, her parents are dead? Yeah, gotcha. And <laughs> isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. And that's it's always been that way, dude. Like if you like all of Grimm's fairy tales and shit, that shit was written by some sick motherfucker. was like, people die and get poisoned and all this kind of stuff. And then like kid, people say, kids can't handle it. I'm like, oh no, that's their Shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, kids are like, what?
0: Oh, they can handle it, motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> yeah, ki- kids, like, they, they're like, oh, someone gets poisoned, someone eats some poison. Cause they, you know, it's like, no, yeah, man, they're, they're into it. I mean, like, even, you know, when they, when kids play, like, dude, they, they don't just play where everything, they don't play it at, like, uh um, like having a war where things are on paper they play war where people die you know, kids are playing for their fucking death even if it's like a pretend death you know it's just they they can go between like reality and like other worlds with like so much ease and then we grow out of that you know we grow out of that fucking magic whether it's It's a real, like a fake story. Like a story. But here's this is why. Here's what works. Some of the best movies that have ever been made, and some of the best books and the best whatever. It's all about other worlds. Yeah. It's like we're into it. You know, even as adults, we're fucking into it, right? It's
0: this alternate version of reality here. Where it doesn't seem to be that access point, necessarily, and you can find it in a dream, maybe, if you're lucky. I don't even know motherfuckers that even dream anymore, dude. To be honest, I haven't heard it in a while. You
1: know? know, Here's here's the thing. It's like, you 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 know, I still dream. And my dreams are really a lot more complicated because I've gone through more complicated things. But at the same time, Like, I do shit in my dreams. Like, it's literally like, dude, it's like, I'll be walking somewhere and I'll walk from like, I'll walk into another room and it's another city. It's like, ah, like, why, why not? Why isn't that the case? (laughs) (laughs) You know, why can't we do that? But maybe people who write fiction and people who write movies and people who write about fantastic things, maybe that's... They're, they' are using that. You know, yeah I, I totally.
0: Just,
1: yeah you know I, I just I don't I don't think that everything has to be like like I said the world's are to place, man there's enough things I worry about but I think that if you can write a great story and transport people to another world you you give people like like, you know, like with big movie, or, you know... Or it's like, you can give somebody a, a two-hour fucking vacation. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why, you know, I mean, it's kind of on the same level. Um, I can remember being ten years old and seeing Star Wars in the theater, and... Like, I felt, I just feel like I was a part of it. Like, I felt like I was, like, I was there. And, like, I, you know, like, even you know when you leave the movie theater and you just are, like, pumped. or like, <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, like, when I saw Superman, dude, like, the first Superman in 1978. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, dude, like, I just, I felt that shit. Like, I felt it. Like, I felt, like, Spoonies me too. like Star Wars. Yeah, you know, you want to be, you want to be in those worlds. And like to be able to make a movie or to write a book or to create a comic world where people literally are like, I was in that for <laughs> two hours. You know, that's, I think that that's why the whole like dark side of the moon thing, it's like, it's like, it's basically like Oz, but for drugs.
0: <laughs> it's the same, th- it's the same difference. And like, a, I feel like, yeah, it's, you know, Wizard of Oz is drugs for kids.
1: But, okay. So, but here's, here's the thing. Like, what is, like, you, you know this a little bit better than me. So when does Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd sync up with the Wizard of Oz?
0: Right at the beginning. Uh, okay. it's, like, right after the third lion's roar on the MGM thing. And okay. then right when you right when you hear the... And then right there. And it will, like, bleed right in. And the whole beginning of it's just kind of miraculous, you know? The whole black and white schism before she even gets to Oz. But uh, for the most part, it, it lines up pretty well. Some parts are... Pretty fucking scary, um, but you know, you could imagine that you know these guys would be able to watch Wizard of Oz and understand the same kind of like complex psychologies that mm-hmm. weren't necessarily being discovered. And Pink Floyd was able to like kind of break that thing, so they probably did have it. I mean, you know, they had a pretty audacious fucking studio. Why couldn't you just have the film running? while you're sitting there orchestrating, you know, and composing these these pieces, you know? I mean, it just weighs out. It's it's purposefully done. I, you know, it's the dark side of the moon with a rainbow going going through the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. So, yeah. you know, uh, they it wasn't like they didn't do it intentionally. They did. But the whole thing was, you know, it does go into this kind of, like thing that we forgot over the last 30 years, you know? Uh, even if these stories are ingrained in us, we definitely have, as a society, have lacked in imagination more than anything. When you when half, more than half the fucking population of people under 26 years old love South Park and Family Guy, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. I just uh, i don't think the shit's imaginative or funny. And people like to, oh, they make fun of everything. Uh, you know, da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, but it kind of like doesn't have... It's just like, how many times can you pot-shot humanity uh, and keep making money off of it and keep these people in a state of fucking, like, needing entertainment like that as opposed to old school shit which really had more fiber to it and it had a lot more heart in it it's like you know I don't know man it it makes more sense to me that people act more detached because this kind of element is gone and it's kind of the way J.R.R. Tolkien would have uh, described the uh, in the days of magic, before magic was eradicated from the earth, you know? Well, with AI comes the eradication of more magic because magic's within. It's not on a screen. It definitely ain't this fucking computer fucking junk that's fucking. It can play, it can beat you in every game of chess, yet it has no brain. It's like, you know, the brain is the the prism that the rainbow is goes through, you know, if the brain shut off, you don't have access to Oz, you know, Oz is just short for Ohm, and when you hit Ohm, you hit the eternal frequency, you know, the the witches, you know, they represent these four parts of the fucking brain, you know. And you don't even see two of them. One Dorothy kills right away. Yeah. And you only got the East and the West. And where the fuck's the Wicked Witch of the North? Where the fuck is she at? She's not around. You know? Uh, she's never even brought up. But you know what I think is,
1: like, which, what I think is interesting is that, you know, like you said, you know, that's like four parts of, like, the brain, you know, like, there's brain aspect. hmm And, uh, I think that, you know, what's interesting is that over the years, there's been this attempt for people to kind of uh, extrapolate, you know, and try to tell more stories about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I kind of feel like, look, just, you know, I, I, I admire, like, I think that there's an attempt, I think, for people to kind of want to know more and to create these other... Works of you know whatever you know um, related to like the Wizard of Oz, but I don't think that it holds that same kind of magic. And no. uh, you know what you know part of what I think um, you know a part of why I think that you know the movie is really kind of brilliant is you know when even like as an adult sometimes you know like um, like there's times when like I come home. Or like, not that, not even that. Like, let's say, like, um, like you're walking at night and you see a tree. You think it's a, there's a tree, but there's a shadow, and, and then you see it and you're like, "Oh gosh, it's a shadow." Like, there's you know that thing where they're in the forest and the and the trees, where they have that sense of like paranoia. Yeah. And the things actually do come alive like that dude that's a feeling that we all still have to this day like even as an adult you still have that weird like where you'll see a shadow at night where you're like whoa and then it's like oh that's a tree or is it yeah
0: it could be a shadow demon you know very well it could be like you know anything
1: yeah but i think the fact that like that at that time like to be able to tap into that which is like a very human thing, but to tap into it is just so fucking smart. Yeah. And you know, and I, I think that kind of what you were saying about a lot of the other stuff. Honestly, I haven't. I, I haven't watched South Park in like more than a decade. Um. Honestly, I'm surprised that it's still. I. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> If that's what you like, that's your jam.
0: Oh, man.
1: But it's really, it's not something that I watch. Or honestly, I don't, I can't even tell you what's on Comedy Central. I couldn't even tell you. Um, and I haven't, you know, I haven't watched Family Guy in years. I think that there is, I think that there just, just, it's not, it's not for me. And I do kind of see, like, kind of repeat about it. There's, like, it's like a cynicism. Yeah. And so there's no magic. There's real cynicism about it. And it just makes people feel sassy because they they kept people down.
0: It's awful, man. I mean, it's turned everybody into fucking assholes.
1: You know, and I I think that there's, you know, I think that part of, um, like, honestly, you know, what I thought was a good movie... And that I did think that had some magic to it. Uh, and this is just off the top of my head. Yeah. Was the the remake of Frankenweenie?
0: Oh, I didn't see that.
1: Yeah. So the remake of Frankenweenie.
0: Um, of Tim a, Burton's Frankenweenie.
1: Yeah. Huh. So they, so they, you know, because there was one that he did when he was like twenty-two or whatever, and then they did another. He did a remake of it like ten years later. For the Years ago eight or ten years ago and the whole thing about like uh, like being able to bring your dog back to life it's so um like it tapped into something for me you know because it was like that's the, the thing about it, it's, it, what i thought was cool is when i saw it in the theater that i was like one of the only you know it was a bunch of little kids and little kids kind of like all the like creepy stuff and the gross stuff and all that stuff. And the whole thing of like, oh, you know, your dog dies and you want to bring it back. But the thing that was really moving for me is that it was also teaching a lesson that sometimes the things that you love go away. And I, dude, I was in the theater that's just sobbing hysterically.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> I know
1: and the little kids were looking at me like what's her problem but what's great is that whole kind of my thing is to make something i think it's sophisticated to make something that kids like and kids are totally going to be into it but to hit that note where the adults are watching it going oh yeah i'm feeling that shit i'm feeling it yeah, dude, and that's but that's the whole. But this is like you're saying, like the magic, that little spark. The magic has to be there. It's it's not there. It's I don't know. I just I like magical shit. I, I like I like going to the movies and, and you know um like I, I had good memories. You know, because I grew up like when there was a theater that used to show double features. You know.
0: Oh you yeah. Could,
1: you could drop your kid off at the movie theater and um, what
0: was the first double feature you remember seeing?
1: Oh, here's a weird thing. I honestly don't remember, but I here's the thing. I don't remember the double feature, but I remember the theater and which is weird. and I remember that what they would do is they would show a movie and they would show like a Disney cartoon and then they would show another movie. And people would drop their fucking kids off, man. <laughs> Just for like four it hours. <laughs> it's like, bye. It's like, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, it's like, I'm going to go and, like, you know, clean my tail up with my kids at the movies. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, but you know what I think I do remember seeing as a kid was, um, I don't remember the second movie, but I remember seeing Old Yellow.
0: Oh, really? In the theater?
1: Yeah, like, but it, but it was like, because the movie theater would show old movies. Oh, okay. So, they um, and Old Yeller, dude, the fucking dog dies, man. But that's what we were yeah, saying. Yeah, no shit.
0: <laughs> that was what everybody was like, oh, Old Yeller.
1: <laughs> but that's, that's what we are saying, is that people say, like, oh, kids can't handle that. Kids can't handle the reality, and blah, blah, blah. But kids have been looking at Disney movies for a fucking oh, damn near a 100 years, there's always fucking death. There's yeah. always a step parent who's an asshole. Well, luckily, you know, my stepmom was, you know, she was all right. She was cool. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there is always something dark and kids were into it. And you don't have to, you, know, you don't have to dumb shit down because the stuff that's going to go over their head when they, what, about 10 years after they watch that shit when they're about, um, um, with, you know, like, when you watch something when you're 8 or 10 or 12, but then you watch it again when you're, like, 18 or 22 or whatever, and you start looking at that shit, you're like, oh my god! Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah cause I get it! You know, I get it now! Um, but you know who I always thought was, uh, we were talking about, uh, we've had a Wizard of Oz, and um, they're kind of like, like, at the beginning, everyone, like, the adults are kind of jerks at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Of what? Which one?
1: The Wizard of Oz.
0: Oh, the adults aren't jerks.
1: Well, like,
0: because, you know... No, they're just kind of like, you know, it's just time to get chores done. You know, it's that kind of Kansas life. But they're not jerks. He's just bored and she wants she's got no color in her life you know what I mean that's the thing is you know that's what is missing is the imagination it's just this black and white humdrum bullshit I think those movies um, that originally this episode was supposed to be like I was the idea I wanted to have that I had was putting these movies in there that really had these super elements in them from the uh, back then and I'm just going to ravage off a list without necessarily going into them, in, in, if you want to, you know. But these are the movies after Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I felt were, we're directly inspired by Wizard of Oz without ever having an element of it in there. Ooh, okay. Fatso, with Dom DeLuise. Okay, well, so
1: I kind of remember that, but I of not but you said it was like about
0: um the guy likes to fucking eat and you know he's gotta fucking lose weight he's part of this fucking weight watchers fucking you know thing where you know he's gotta handcuff himself even and all this shit and it's just amazing how Dom DeLuise is able to kind of I mean he's looking at a serious problem I had weight problem at one point man you know Uh, And I knew uh, for about five years what that was kind of like. And then I I came back down. Uh, But the imagination that the film consists of uh, really is awesome. And um, the way that he just goes out and how he just loves this fucking food, you love it with him. And you cry with him when you know he's just gaining weight as he eats it. Uh, and then, uh, what was the other Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom was like this power pack, fucking lot of elements, lot of fucking shit, product placement before product placement, <laughs> and uh, a lot of um, super elements, uh, again, with the striving of uh, uh, this dad who has to watch his kids somehow and pull off his fucking life at the same time, and be the mom, you know? Um, what else, scavenger hunt? With Vincent Price, and he dies at the beginning? And he sends out all those, and it's the woman from Soap, and Cleavon Little, and uh, the big Italian guy that's all, oh I get it, with the fucking, you know, the mustache and the pizza fucking making motherfucker, you know? And there are all these families that the Vincent Price sends out to collect all these fucking crazy items and they have to put them in bins at the end of the movie and whoever wins first fucking, you know, that shit's Wizard of Oz as fuck to me, man. And then uh, what was the other one? Um, Modern Problems, Chevy Chase, he gets the toxic waste dumped on his ass. Uh, I, I thought that was a, a good, you know... Unique way of looking at, you know, nuclear waste and shit. And he crosses this barrier again. He goes from his bland reality, Chevy Chase crosses over, he gets nuclear waste dumped on his ass, and all of a sudden he's fucking got a new reality. He's still fucking depressed. And so is Dorothy all the way fucking through the Wizard of Oz. Even if you look at all, she can't wait to get away from home. And the whole time she's there, she just wants to go home. You know, that's that's how we are. Uh, we want to eat the food like Dom DeLuise, but we don't know how to fucking, you know, control ourselves, you know?
1: But maybe that's, I mean, but, you know, maybe there's that whole thing of like, um, you know, it's all about like a journey, you know? Like everything is about like that journey of, you know, sometimes realizing like what you, like, you know, because You know, I think with, like, modern problems and stuff, like, you know, Mm. his life is basically like, you know, he he thinks it's, like, this boring life, and... Well, he doesn't believe in himself. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing, is, like, with Dorothy, you know, she has this life that she doesn't, she, she doesn't appreciate her life until she, she gets, um... You know until she like has this crazy ass adventure you know and she's you know she's um and I think like with, with Chevy Chase is like he has a good life you know and it's not until like he gets all first of all that first of all Modern Problems is, is like crazy because there's like dude there's drugs in that
0: movie <laughs> yeah. oh yeah Dabney Coleman stuck up little ass too and that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's crazy stuff, like there's stuff that he does to people where you're just mm-hmm. like, God. But he's also he's kind of living out, um, he's kind of living out a lot of our, our fantasies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's living out stuff that, like, you know, kind of he's kind of being a dick. But you know, we all have all been there. <laughs> you know. Like, uh, yeah. But you he, know up. Um, and he's not
0: happy though once he can do what he can do. Yeah, you know and, I, and I, that's the the antithesis of the whole Al, uh, Alice wanting to come home, Dorothy wants to come home. Chevy Chase's fucking character and these and these are like highly these are different than the rest of the movies that come out that are just hey, it's another love story or fucking, you know. I like Max Dugan Returns because even though you haven't seen it this kid's got a shit life, man, and he's just fucking like living with Marsha Mason's ass. Like, oh my God, I want to kill myself. You know, Jason Robards fucking shows up and like has millions of dollars. Oh, I can buy you anything you want, kid, and uh, I know you don't care about it, and uh, that's why I want to buy you more. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know he just does, and he, he that they just have the best time, and they worry about like, oh well, just he's going to a place in his mind. That when his uncle dies, won't be there, you know, and he's doing all this shit and the kid's just going to get let down again. And there's that Wizard of Oz fucking thing again. And I think it just, it does loop. It does loop through specific movies that have a lot of elements. In a weirder case, I would say Poltergeist is like that. <laughs> because uh, it, you got all these fucking elements in the house... Like when that fucking kids' uh, closet turns into a mouth and it starts sucking everything out. That kid's got yeah. so much fucking shit in his room. Holy fuck. I remember like this kid's got shit that ain't even out yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and, he, and all this candy and wrappers and paper and and this all this collected kind of element, man. You know, it's like that reminds me of every shot in Wizard of Oz in a way because it's so loaded. It's so loaded. And I, I learned when I recorded the shows, specifically like when I make the PSA and I'm like, welcome back to the fifth season, you know, and I'm talking over the Droids theme song. And Droids, the cartoon even, is like fucking the Wizard of Oz in a sense because C-3PO and R2-D2 aren't even with uh, Luke Skywalker and those guys anymore. They're just, it, the shit's over. They got ditched. They won, you know, so they're just fucking wandering around. The first uh, five episodes, they hang out with space punks. Did you know that? No. Yeah. That's the first five episodes of droids. And they got like, they're like racing the podcars, which wasn't even used till way later. And when my kid was like five years old and that Phantom Menace shit came out. You know, Uh, that was like he was. My kid was like four or five when *Phantom Menace* came out. But when I took him to see it, oh motherfucker, he loved it. He's like, "Wow!" And I was like, "Yeah," (laughs) because you know, my 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 Star Wars is already coming past, but I'm going to be there. You know, and I was there with my kid when he was going through his first Star Wars phases, and he loved it. You know, and um,
1: people want people. You know, it's like when you go into, like, you go into a movie theater. Yeah. And you sit down, and first of all, dude, when when first of all those Star Wars movies, when they come up with the fucking writing on the screen.
0: Oh yeah.
1: That writing goes up, and you just know some shit's gonna go down with that writing. You're like. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) yeah. What you were like. you were ten. I was five. Yeah. We were both kids sitting in the theater. Yeah. We've never seen anything like Darth Vader's ass no. ever, I mean, ever.
1: I mean, you know what's crazy is like, I can, like, I can, I can. Okay, here's the thing. I I can almost tell you, like, I, I even know probably where. Like, I know where I saw Star Wars. I know like, kind of where I was sitting when I saw it, you know, like, I think that the fact that it's, it was, like, one of those movies that, you know, what what's, I think is crazy, back in the days when we were growing up, a movie would stay in the theaters for, like, like, Star Wars stayed in the theater for, like, fucking two years or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, now a movie comes out and, like, three weeks later it's gone or, like, Like a month later, I
0: (laughs) I remember that special they had, like a year after Star Wars, like 1978. And this, and like people were, I've seen it 119 times, I've seen it 138 times, I've seen it 77 times, you know. Um, and just like how it just fucking got in there. And uh, that shit's not even, it's just straight up sci fi, and it's not necessarily what we're talking about with the psychology and shit. Uh-huh. but it was great escapism
1: but that's what I'm saying like when you go into a movie theater you know kind of my, my whole thing is like when you go into a movie theater or um, where you see something or even like when um, you know people have like movie nights or whatever with their kids and stuff and your kids sit down and all of a sudden you're transported and it's almost like for a little kid, it's like for them, it's like, like it's like them saying, "I knew it." Like I knew there was something else. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like you're you're validating, you're giving validation to their, their magic world. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what you give to your kid when you let them kind of fall in love with these things. You know, like you're talking about taking your kid to see, like the Phantom Menace movie. It was like you, you kind of just introduced him to another world and imagination and cool shit and this.
0: it's kind of your responsibility to do it
1: yeah. you know I, I think that there's something that that that's what's really cool and like even like sometimes when you watch a movie now um, like I don't know like I, I like I, I like when you know stuff that I know is not real <laughs> you know what I'm saying I, I know it's not real but I like it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, don't have to, don't break it down for me and ruin, try to take away my joy. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, that's, that's like, the, what a mean thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, let me have this moment. But you know, one of the things that we were, um, you know, we talked about before that I think, and I told you this, like, like, because I absolutely am in love because, um, Like, for me, when there's somebody in, like, sometimes there's a character in a movie that either you relate to or that you kind of fall in love with. And I don't mean, like, in a sexual way. I mean where your heart falls in love. Yeah. And um, so I think that those things should occur. I think a lot of people at some point relate to, you know, whether it's Dorothy or Luke Skywalker, you know. Whether it's, you know, Princess Leia, or you relate to the Tin Man, or the Lion, or, you know, it's like, or R2... You know, I don't know anybody who relates to R2-D2 or the droid, but actually the relationship with R2-D2 and the droid...
0: C-3PO? Actually,
1: yeah, like, I mean, the droid... The, droid. <laughs> the
0: droids! <laughs> you
1: no, know, the reason that... The, the thing is, actually, if you think about it, they're kind of like the Tin Man and the lion,
0: and the scarecrow. In a way, I mean, I get, I see what you're saying, you know? I mean, when you look at the whole, like, Luke, Leia, Chewie, Han, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Ben Kenobi floating around in the same fucking sardine can, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, you know what else was like that? Okay, here's another movie that was like that. Very obscure. Robert Erick. Uh... Space Pirates. Oh, dude,
1: you're just digging up all the old jams.
0: Well, you know, uh, and I like these cholesterol-filled visuals. That's what I call them. Because they're not the same as other movies. Uh, space Balls came out at the same time. And everybody yeah. kind of fucking focused on Space Balls. But, you know, Space Balls didn't have space herpes in it. <laughs> Remember this. Yeah, Space Herpes were in fucking uh, uh, Ice Pirates. That's what it's called. Ice Pirates. And it's... it's uh, I can't remember the black guy that's in there with Robert. Uh, and it's not Robert Yurk either it's someone else. Um, but uh, I think... I don't know. I can't remember, man. But uh, I'll think, go wiki it, motherfuckers. Anyway, um, it's a fucking awesome movie. And it's got all these hyper elements where people are tired of fucking being dehydrated and shit, so pirates go in still water to fucking bring them life again. You know? Uh, once they go after the water, they're kind of sorry they did. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of same thing um, where evil has to have some kind of Achilles tendon in there, and the fantasy has to revolve around it. And I think that's kind of the, the pain that children and adults both face han de han seeing how they're like you know business and industry they go han de han you know There's
1: No oh, a... you were right it was Robert Urich
0: Okay cool And I, what was the black guy's name
1: Um let me see this is actually so
0: He was around it he was before Greg uh whatever fucking running scared motherfucker Oh
1: yeah he was basically like see but here's the um his name was Yeah, what was this guy's name? His
0: name was Robert? No, fancy. I know. It's like, he should have been more known. I don't even know. It's insultive, kind of.
1: funny, I swear to God, I think this man is still alive. Let me see. His name is Michael D. Roberts.
0: Michael D. Roberts, yeah. He's before, yeah. And he really (laughs) didn't get the fair shake that he deserved, you know?
1: No, but you know what? Part of the reason why I think it's, like, it's funny that you're comparing him to Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines,
0: yeah, thank you. But
1: part of the I mean, Gregory Hines, part of his the whole thing was he was a theater guy who could tap dance. Um, so that's why he was like, you know. But you know, what's, what's what's crazy is Michael D. Roberts, like that guy, I think, is still acting.
0: Hold on again. Okay. I stopped it right in time. Yeah, totally, man. What were you just saying?
1: <laughs> we were talking about, um, like, Ice Pirates, but you know... Ice Pirates, so, so, But it's interesting. I think that there was, like, a couple of movies like that where it's basically, like, Star Wars meets the Wizard of Oz and it'd be, like, some, some white guy and he'd go on an adventure and it was, like, all of the things that he meets along the way. But I think that there's a reason why these types of movies, um, why they—I think like um, like stories, not just movies. I mean stories, but why they why they work? And I don't. I like this is just me kind of spitballing. Yeah. But I think that people like let's say, like I think that most of us are on a fucking adventure. You know, like sometimes the people that we meet are sometimes like like randomly like i've had somebody i've had people give me like advice just like random you know like i was in an elevator one time and this um there was an older black woman you know she and she was like she was like small you know but she was you know um she had a cane with her and um we were at a doctor's office or something and she's like She looks at me. She was like, "Take care of your body." Huh. Interesting. And I was like, you know, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. That's why I'm here. And she's like, you know, she goes, but I'm. She's like, I'm 92, and I'm still out here, and I'm still. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, love the fact that that's what this life is. Like, you're supposed to learn shit, you know. And you're supposed to like. Sometimes, I'm not saying that every old person knows everything, but sometimes. I almost feel like, like God or the universe or whatever you call your, um, you know, cause that's kind of what the, um, you know, that's, I kind of look at like all of these things like a journey, you know? And so I feel like whatever you call your thing, cause it's different in every language. It's about, um, sometimes putting you in a place where you need to be, or hearing the shit that you need to hear. You yeah. know, and just to have some random old lady talk to me and say, um, hey, take care of your body. She's like, but I'm 92 and I'm still taking care of things and blah, 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 and I'm like, wow. You know, like, I, I you know, I, I, I like when people just, or even like, a, I've had kids who will t- like say something like just weird and random where you're like, huh. Like I think that like, that's the, I, I think that that's what the whole like life is. It's just like being on a fucking journey and learning some shit along the way. So that's that's kind of why that, you know, that's why certain movies and certain stories work.
0: I do I agree. you know, I the more heartfelt it is, uh, and the more power packed it is with uh, visuals,
1: yeah,
0: very uh, complying, you know, chocolate and peanut butter, man, you know, um, I remember I had a friend that now is a social worker, you know, I haven't been friends with him for years, but, uh, when we were kids, he was that Slayer kid, you know, Mm -hmm. and he hated everything, he fucking get in fights, everybody, and, uh, one day he went to Greenfield Lake Park in Wilmington, North Carolina. And he said he was hanging out, and a troll, or a gnome, is how he described it, came out from under the pine tree and said, come on, let's go. And he was like, I must be tripping, man. I must be fucking out of my goddamn mind. And so he he followed it, and and he sat down under a pine tree, and it showed him this map. And when he came to school the next day, he had a tie-dye shirt on and bell-bottoms and shit, and I was like, who's that? I was like, it looks like this dude, but it ain't, right? Mm-hmm. And he had experienced some kind of real-life Wizard of Oz kind of weirdo moment. He tapped in, man. He was, like, one of the only people I know that that ever really happened to, and he proved it by becoming the polar opposite overnight. He's like, no, man, I read this shit, dude. The gnome showed me, and I was like, the gnome? He's like, yeah, Golden Scroll, man. I was like, uh, over my head, dude. I have no idea what you experienced. So, yeah, what you just said definitely complies to that little story. And I'm sure other people have similar stories more than we could ever imagine.
1: Yeah. You know, like, I just think there's something that, you know, I think that, first of all, I think that being a good I think there's something very, uh, how can I put it, historical? Not historical. That's not the right word. But you know, um, you know, we we I think we've mentioned, like in the past, about telling a good story. Yeah. You know, there is a tradition that has been around for thousands of years of being able to tell a story and to draw a story. You know, people we're putting visual shit inside caves, you know? Um, And I think that there's there's something about storytelling and and having it be, having people create something, a world, that other people can't see. Like, that's so, like, crazy. And I think that, you know, the fact that Pete Floyd came in and created another, almost like a a soundtrack on top of a soundtrack, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because it really is.
0: It's just this big kind of movement. It's just a big movement, you know?
1: But also, I think that to make something that, I think even, there's something, here's here's the thing that I like. Um, You know, I like when people just go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're telling a story, when you're making art, go for it, man. Just make good. You know what I'm saying? What if eight people, what if only eight people hear it? Well, fucking eight people know some cool shit. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's cool to just make the over the top stuff and see where it lands. You know? It's, are people, people going to remember it forever? Or are people going to remember it for. I think it takes balls,
0: and it takes money, which ironically is the song playing right now. Uh, But uh, you know that's the thing that keeps people back, Um, and you do have platforms now like uh, GoFundMe, Kickstarter. I I was tempted to use them when they were in their early stages. Uh, after a while, I was like, nah, I, I used to kind of dropped out of it, you know, but I, that's how I am. I mean, I'm, that's my individuality. And I, I feel like part of the adventure for me is, you know, by this point, man, I'm going to do like 98 comics. Did you know that's how many comics I'm going to do right uh, over the next few years?
1: No, no, I didn't know you had a
0: number. I got a number. Uh, and it and it's three different stories. One I wrote 25 years ago. One I finished uh, after I got bunked off the uh, Tay and Lane, uh, the, the African-American publishing lit. You know all the problems I had with that. Yeah. Um which is a totally separate episode that you guys gotta go back and hear uh, Black Lives Matter. I'll end up putting that episode out. Um, but, uh, you know, and the third one would be uh, the fucked up cartoon animal romance saga, which I spent years fucking writing that motherfucker, and I, I tried so hard to get it into Adult Swim and all this stuff and just had one Kicking the fucking nuts after another with it.
1: You know what? Here's a good here's a thing, though. Here's a thing that I think, in my opinion, about. And I totally just cut you off, and you were. It's okay, go ahead. But here's the thing that I think. I think that there is a good reason, not a good reason, but there's actually, I think that it's appropriate that. That fucked up cartoon animal romance didn't get picked up by Comedy Central. Yeah, I'm, I actually think, and this is my opinion as your friend, that they don't, they don't deserve to have more shit on their back. I agree.
0: Because by now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, because if you look at, look at, I don't know, dude. It also, here's the other thing, is that they're kind of all of that whole, like, Viacom thing. You know, it's just, there's something really shady about kind of how, like, what happens to you legally when, when they own your shit. Yeah. You know? And there's gonna be a way at some point for you to produce the show without your hands tied in the way that you wanna do it.
0: I've definitely had every fucking... Uh, everybody that could ever, that could be against me... <laughs> against me... <laughs> and you know, without playing victim. Uh, you know, I did feel victimized a lot of times uh, while trying to get specific things off the ground. I think after 2019, I, I did make it into the Hall of Legends. And I finally got printed on an, uh, an official underground comic title, you know. Blah, 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 man. You know, it's like, it's kind of, once again, Wizard of Oz, man. Um, you get, you want to go hit this place over the rainbow that you think is fucking this and that, but once you get there, all you want to do is go back to where you were. And I think that is the origin of, like, coming into your roots, man. You know, whatever those may be as an indi- in your individual life, Uh, For me it's the artistic driven shit and uh, having mental illness, you know, and uh, mental illness is definitely what puts the mixture into these kind of uh, the mental psychosis, you know. For me I got brain damage, you know, PTSD is this dark place when you do a fucking CAT scan that part of the receptors are shut down, your brain's damaged, fuck it man, you know uh, <laughs> these are things that we have to accept um, and uh, I know a lot of people are feeling like me about right about now where they just are ready to cut ties with the fucking whole goddamn thing, and it's okay to do that. you know what? Sit back, cut your ties, can your fucking social media. Uh, It's For years, it's been difficult for everybody, man. You know, this shit hits everybody like a goddamn hammer. You get sucked into the fucking vacuum of it. Uh, Eventually, you want some release. You want to go to Oz. You want to get away from this fucking mundane, what becomes black and white, you know? But the one thing I learned in art therapy, not everything's in black and white, you know? And I think that was the the key to Wizard of Oz was knowing that there was this hyper, you know, compared to where Dorothy starts is two-dimensional and she ends up in a third-dimensional place, you know? Yes, but,
1: um, like, I've actually had these moments, and I'm, I'm not, you know, and I'm not in any way comparing my my thing to, like, something as... You know, as 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 strong as like you know mental health. Well, even though I do think mental health is kind of a spectrum, um, think, yeah, yeah. Because I think that mental health, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's it's there. Like when things can go, things can go sideways very quickly. But my here's my point: is that, um, is that I think that we. I think that there's something that we all need sometimes yep and it's not um it's not something that you can you know this sounds corny you know but sometimes it's just like we we all need that little bit of escape you know um the
0: identities you know, yeah. I think the, the four basic food groups are basically broken down into the characters of The Wizard of Oz. Some people need a heart. Some people need courage.
1: And sometimes, you know, the thing is, you know, here's the, here's the great thing about the fucking movie, though, is that sometimes we're running around thinking that we need these things, we just haven't been called upon to use them.
0: We don't realize that we already have them.
1: That's the whole point. The whole point of that is, they hadn't been called upon to use those things that they had. And that's what it is. It's like, you can't, you know, it's one thing to, You know, we, we all wish, you know, for whatever, whatever, you know, but the thing is sometimes it's like, nah, dude, it, it hasn't, the time is not there yet. And then that time shows up, and you're like, "Oh shit! This is what I was." You know, when, when it when it was time, they all again, they all you know, like they all strapped in, and they were there, and they were who they were supposed to be at that moment. And that's like that was the whole point. And you know, and Dorothy had her own, she her own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man,
0: but they they don't realize that they have what they already need. And, uh, you know, what happens, the fucking, uh, basically the fucking, um, the wizard just psychologically validates what they already have, Um, you know, except for the fact that, you know, Dorothy really is already home, she has to take it up a notch, because the wizard ends up flying off, and, you know, and uh, ironically the Kansas State Fair balloon, which is kind of weird, um, <laughs> but, uh, he takes off and then, you know, Glenda shows back up and, you know, tells her, nope, you got this, you got the ruby slippers yeah. and the ruby slippers are really this, everything's metaphoric, but the, you know, it's like, you can go, you're going to go home and, you know, this place that we're at isn't our home. We all leave anyway. And, you know, we're, we are literally all heading to some kind of Oz style uh, adventure at the end of this life, man. So, you know, <laughs> there is that death tornado or whatever, uh, and it rips everything apart, and it causes all this carnage, and then in the end, there's peace. You know, and I feel like that's the strong, strongest metaphor the movie really provides. Because, you know, what does he do? He The wizard hands the scarecrow a fucking scholarship out of a jack box, literally. And all of a sudden, he knows trig, trigonometry. Yeah. And, you know, or, you know, he gives uh, the thing to the... He gives the heart watch to the tin man... And he simply tells him that one thing that I was talking to you about, that line, which I love so much, man. And it's been really sticking with me. And and I think about the few people that I got that actually really love me. And he says, it's not about how much you love, but it's not, the measure of the heart is not on how much you love, but how much others love you back. And, uh... As soon as he says that, you know, the tin man's clarified. He goes up to the lion, and he goes, you know, hey, courage, man. It's like, it's, it's, a, thing that, it's a thing to utilize, you know, and because, uh, you know, that's the thing. He had the courage, but he, you know, he just thought he had to be a bully to use it. And he goes, no, that's not what cor- courage is.
1: And you know what's cool about The Lion, too, is that, like, one of the things that, like, one of the things that was cool is that once he, he got in, this sounds like all new agey or whatever, but he got in touch with his emotions. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Because he thought that he had to be a certain way.
0: Right? Yeah. And he
1: got in touch with his emotions, and he, he admitted that, like, he was, like, he had, like, he cried, dude. And I think that there was, like, I think that that's part of the whole thing is, like, it's about... It's not just about being one. We're not one-dimensional. We have all of these different weaknesses as human beings, and we have all of these things that are inside of us um, like at the same time.
0: Yeah. You know, that's
1: the point. Is like we have all of this inside of us at the same time, and that's what's so powerful, you know, the fact that, like, um, it's like we that, like, those are all of us, you know, those are all of, like, all of those characters are all of us.
0: Yeah, and they are, they really are.
1: But, you know, part of, um, and I told you this, like, even though, um, you know, for the kids who don't know, um, Buddy Epson, who would go on to be um, Jed Clampett, oh, yeah. and Barnaby um, Jones, and, uh, you know, you know, do so many other things.
0: Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, yeah. Um, he was um, originally uh, a hoofer, a tap dancer, and um, he was supposed to be the Tin Man, but the silver paint that they were using was poisonous, and um, it, literally, it, it literally had him close to death. And once they figured out a different paint, um, <laughs> and, um, and he could no longer do it, um, they they hired Jack Haley and Buddy Epson, who I think was a beautiful dancer. Like, if you could find the footage of him dancing, his, because he was like, the dude was super tall and skinny, so the way he tap danced was like, kind of a little, it was, it was cool.
0: Pretty fucking think, cool. Look it up, kids. <laughs> Wiki that shit.
1: Yeah, but, um, but I think Jack Haley, if you look at, um, if you look at him sing and they do a lot of close-ups with his face he had a really beautiful uh, singing voice and a really beautiful face with like really like gorgeous eyes and so when he's singing um like there's something that's just like you are just brought in he's like my favorite character um he's a character that like he just melts my heart and so yeah, you know, but here's a good thing. Buddy Epson ended up having a long ass career. You know, Jed Clampett, Barnaby Jones. Uh, you know, he was the, the he was the ditched husband in Breakfast at Tiffany's. So, you know, the man ended up having a long ass career, but nearly died to get The Wizard of Oz made. So, this movie had everything. The making of it had everything in it. It did. It, it, controversy and death and Judy Garland's life was never the same. Nope. And it's like the, the movie, it's, it's. I, I don't want to say iconic. I so hate that word. There's a couple words that just are too puny um, to describe things. So I don't want to say iconic. But the fact that we can have a conversation. Visually iconic for sure. Yeah. You know, and um, the colors, dude. The fact that when motherfuckers were still making black and white movies back in the day, this movie you said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do, do part of this movie in black and white sepia tone, and the rest of it, we're going to just blow your brains out with colors that are just going to make your eyes like water. <laughs> Dude, that's some balls, man.
0: I think one of my favorite visual reuses, by the way, is on the cover of ELO. When it's just Dorothy's slippers, and uh, and the, the witch is like trying to take the slippers, and the electricity comes out of the, the slippers and shocks her. Mm-hmm. That's the cover of that ELO album. I can't remember what the name of it is.
1: Okay, I gotta look because here's here's the secret thing. You know, a lot of that yacht, you know, people call it yacht rock, but
0: like yeah, rock, me. yeah. It kind of is. It's 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 definitely more rock than yacht, but it's definitely yeah. yacht rock, yeah.
1: Well, um, let me tell you. Hello, fucking um, what's the um the Doobie Brothers? What's <laughs> the band's name? Um, with the two guys. Um, God, I forget name. But you know, a lot of that stuff that just seems like kind of corny stuff for like older people. Let me tell you, that shit just like, I'll be listening to some EMO and I'm like, damn, that is some like, shit. <laughs> it was just like, but, but, you know, but no, here's the thing is like the 70s, in the 70s, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the music in the 70s was using a lot of color and visual that was influenced by the, um, what is that called, Um, technicolor from the 30s and 40s. So, you know, you and I are from a different era, and plus we watched a lot of, you know, TV movies, whatever, but people don't realize, like, a lot of the movies and the visuals from the 70s and early 80s, a lot of the The color and the bright color, a lot of that is throwbacks to Hollywood Technicolor and imagery from Hollywood movies, and kind of glamour, but kind of like glamour but that got dirty. Yeah, I love that. I love I love dirty glamour.
0: I do too. You know, there's something about the whole uh, which led into metal even, you know, for me. Um,
1: I, I get it.
0: Yep, the Judas Priest, you know, Iron Maiden, Dio. Dio was, like, master of how to get to Oz. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he even took over Oz's place <laughs> in Black Sabbath. So, you know, <laughs> Ronnie James, man. I miss him, man. You know? But, uh, but yeah. I think
1: Metal, here's the thing that in a lot of, you know, Metal had, um, Like, okay, first of all, Iron Maiden, if we're going to talk about, like, visual imagery, Iron Maiden kind of, like, nailed it down. (laughs) Yeah. They they, do. They had a whole, like, their whole, like, they're not just a band. They have a whole story with, like, characters. Like, it's like the band is bigger than just the band. And I'm glad that, you know, we were able to see them and... They were, that was, that was a kind of a unique experience, you know, being able to see at the last minute, dude.
0: Yeah, pretty much when you think about it.
1: Yeah. But uh, no, but I think that they, they were. That was a great show,
0: a of, man. That was great.
1: <laughs> but they had a lot of really, that's the thing about, they, not only did they sort of music tell stories, but they have characters that are practically members of the band that are part of this whole Hey, you know, they, I'm telling you, that band told some, some high storytelling bands. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm all about the story. I'm
0: all about a good story. Me too. I mean, I spent my life really, you know, telling these stories and living them and experiencing them. Uh, half of it, you know, goes on to the uh, podcast. I still haven't even told a quarter of the stories I've been through. That are fucking nuts, you but we uh... haven't
1: <laughs> even scratched the surface. But here's the thing: <laughs> you are, uh, but not to like the smoke. But part of why I think you're fascinated by these things is because you are a storyteller. Yeah. And you know, like I said, since people are painting images on walls and caves, like that's a tra- it's a tradition. It's a tradition that goes back thousands of years. You know, when your grandma tells you a story about, you know, some old codger in the family, that's a story. Yeah. Like, that gets passed down. And that is, I don't want that art to die. I don't want the art of a good story to die just to be controversial or sassy or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't want that to die just because you're trying to make a point that you can make fun of people because that's not making fun of people um, especially I don't know it's just not the
0: style I'm into man you know I mean, especially I, people, overall
1: yeah I, I think there's a way to go after institutions but to just make fun of people because they're famous Sometimes it it's just it's me, and I'm I'm not. You know, I say new things. I'm a dick. I've been a dick. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that, that's not. That shouldn't be the basis. Yeah. Of, of, of your art. No. But that is. That's not, that to me. That's not appealing. Um. You know, that's that's just not that's not my thing. You know
0: i it's overplayed, and I think it takes more work to have heart and uh than it does to like you know make these paper cut out kids shouting racial shit and having some here's the here's the moral fiber of the whole thing at the end. it's like, no nah, dude, you know um. I've seen it, and I have laughed out loud at some of these shock shows and junk like that. But yeah, on, it's just not my—it's just not my thing. In, in the end, you know, a creative story, I, you know. Yeah,
1: I've laughed at. Come on, I—I'm not—I'm going to admit, you know. Um, here's you know what's crazy is like when South Park was in its baby stages, um, and you know what stages I'm talking about. Oh yeah, like. Um, I'm work now, everything's done digitally, but back when they were still doing it with construction paper, um, it was a little bit, I liked it a little bit better. But it seems like sometimes when things become too big, it just, I don't want to be all, you know, like all punk rock about it, but sometimes when things become too popular, it just starts to lose something. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I think that. So the South Park movie was around the time that maybe the show should have stopped. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there was like something around there.
0: <laughs> but, um, Agreed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know that movie actually there, there was something to it but I think that a lot of times people keep okay, so I'm going to tell you something. When I was in school and I was studying film um, and this is before I, I was into photography, I was a, a, I a filmmaker and I have wanted to be a filmmaker so I was in school now studying film and one of the professors said that something people said sometimes how do you put putting he basically said that things that go he said that women realize this and filmmakers need to realize this Yeah, that things that go on for too long often become painful, and um, that's the thing. Is like sometimes, like I think South Park has been on for twenty six years, dude. That's probably about about sixteen years too long, maybe even more than that. Probably about probably about it's about twenty years too long, honestly. (laughs) But you know, here's
0: the thing. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, I know what you're saying. yeah, yeah. Too long, yeah. it's too long.
1: Yeah, here's the thing, if that's your jam, and if this is what you love, God bless you, go, go put on the episode right now. Mm-hmm. And but, but you know, You're know, um, you a closet I,
0: fascist dick, and that's why you like the shit. That's really yeah. what it is, you know?
1: But, and, but here's my other thing is, um, go out and get some creative ideas and make your own show. <laughs> I would How about that? Yeah. How yeah,
0: about me? If
1: you if you if you got some good ideas and if you like well, put some magic in it, put some heart in it, you know, put some things that because you know that's all we have at the end of the day.
0: I remember um just to reflect what we were talking about at the beginning of this movie. Um was uh, the hanging midget.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And the
0: cut scene. And I think it's definitely relevant because I remember we were arguing with this guy or whatever. I don't know if you remember this or not, but the guy was arguing with us like, no, dude, there was never this scene. It was always a crane. But there was obviously two different shots and the one was replaced after the VHS... Came back out, I think, in 1980. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was a crane. And every time it was aired on the TV after that, it was a crane. But when you watch those old ones, which you'll never see again, you'll remember there was no crane there. And there was like this kind of dark shadow hanging behind tissue paper, I guess, is what they had as the sky uh, with the lights behind it. And you could see this body hanging You know, and I I always felt like there's these two realities even in the fantasy world. It reminded me of uh, Henry Darger, who uh, didn't know how to write the end of Realms of the Unreal. You familiar with that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, it's the world's longest book, y'all. Like, over 15,000 pages long. It's in the Smithsonian. And it's about these little girls trying to you know, uh, established this uh, place where they can actually be without this Confederate kind of child killer army that's on their ass. And the name of the girls are the Vivian sisters. And um, all through the book, man, they go through getting killed, getting tortured, but they have this fantastic realm they go through, too. And at the end, Henry Darger simply didn't know how to end it. So he gave it two endings. One they die. And one they don't. And uh, I always thought about that. Like the hanging midget, you know. That's this reality that once was. Now there's a stork there. A giant crane bird or whatever, you know. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's the reality that is now. You know, so... Once, it's, uh, once you make the uh, fantasy, you can go back and eliminate whatever didn't serve you in it in order to fasten it even tighter. And that's called editing. And uh, editing your life is an art. And um, Wizard of Oz really shows that. that you really uh, can edit your life. You know, and I I think that's the subliminal thing um, that's in these movies that are more fantasy-based, that have metaphors that relate to your life, as opposed to, you know, shock value shit that's so popular these days with everything, from BoJack Horseman, I don't want to say South Park one more time, even though I just did, Family Guy... Uh, Even Rick and Morty's starting to creep up on my ass and just kind of get on my shit list. And, um, you know, things like Adventure Time. I love them at first, you know, but it's like you you watch more than ten episodes and you're in some draining bullshit that really doesn't allow you to keep going. Where a self-contained story with the Mm -hmm. same amount is timeless and lasts forever.
1: But you know what's interesting? You know what I think is really interesting is that in, and um, people can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but my understanding is that in, in, in everywhere except the United States, outside of um, like a couple of shows, a lot of shows end and they do it intentionally. Like they give the story a whole arc, and like they do a show with the intention of ending it. And to me, there's something really brave about doing a show and just saying, I'm going to do this show for this many seasons and then we're going to be done.
0: Yeah. So self contain the shit.
1: Yeah. Because, because <laughs> to me, like how many, how many times can you just tell the same story over and over again? But I think that ask me, Matt that's, Graining,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. You know, um, and the thing is, that's a, a, here's a, here's a, I will never, I will, I will go back, like, over and over and over and over again to the first few seasons of the early seasons of The Simpsons, um, because I think that there was really some beautiful storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Done in those years, and like when Conan O'Brien was the producer on the show, and I can't remember the other guy's name, who was a stand-up comedian. I thought, uh, oh, Sam Dad. Simon. No, um, I think his Dana Gould. Like when Dana Gould was, um, was like producing The Simpsons, and hmm. uh, Conan O'Brien, like those those years, like.
0: Yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah,
1: I'm, I will watch them over and over again. But I do think that there is something really cool about, um. Having some stories and just saying, I'm going to do five seasons. Like, to just say, I'm going to do five seasons. We're going to do 12, you know, depending on, because, oh, my God, remember when we were a kid, when we were growing up, when people did shows, when people did a television show, they did, like, 22 to 26 episodes of a show.
0: Yeah. Up to 30, up to 30 and more, even.
1: Yeah, but nowadays, a season for a TV show could be, like, eight
0: episodes. Eight to 13, Netflix, you know?
1: Yeah, and then they make you wait.
0: Yeah, they do make those fucking bastards.
1: But I do think that that's maybe what people should do, is, like, just make a show, say, I'm going to tell the story, and then that's it, and we're done. But people... That, that that blows people's minds. Like, there's a couple of shows that have done it, and I applaud them for letting it go, for just cutting it off, saying, this is it. Because, and you know, but here's my thing, is if I know a show's over, like, let's say there's a show on, on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and the show's over, I love knowing that. And sometimes I won't... I will I will drag out watching the show because I know that it's going to end, but it should end. You should not have a show. Like, you're not saying shit. Twenty six years later, what are you saying?
0: Yeah, you know what, what else? You, you know what else is coming to an end? What's that? This episode, the movie is almost over right now. Oh. Dorothy's uh finding out that she's about to go home, and it it really is that part when you're a kid and you're watching this, and you know you know you got ten minutes before you gotta to go to bed after this thing uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like well
1: brush your teeth you gotta, you gotta get ready because you're gonna go brush your teeth
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, that's really how it works out, and I remember like watching the movie and just being like. I hate the ending. And it wasn't because I hated the ending. It's just because you don't really want to go home. You know? And you know, it's that dilemma. Do I want to go home? Do I want to stay here? I got choices. (laughs) You know? I got choices. I can uh, decide what I really want to do. You know? And it's hard to say goodbye. It's hard to say goodbye. And um, childhood is fleeting.
1: Yeah, you know what? And I, I think that honestly, I'm lucky that I, I'm lucky that I grew up in the era. You know, my childhood was by no means perfect. You know, or great. But I'm glad that I grew up in the era that I grew up in and that I was able to see. And I'm also, what's great is I'm old enough to have seen a lot of the classics, but I'm young enough to know what's out there. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that, I'm glad I got the childhood that I got. You know, I'm glad that we got to see the culture that we saw, you know, it was, it was I'm telling you. Growing up in the 70s was a, a special time. We caught it. Yeah.
0: Y'all never come again?
1: Nope.
0: And, uh, it was that kind of nexus break between awful years between the Depression and fucking Ozzy and Harriet bullshit, fucking cornstarch fucking era bullshit. You gotta be this fucking married by 18. You need 2.5 children, uh. You know, yeah. the Simpsons were the rejects of that fucking whole ideology, you know? Um, but, it, you know, in the end, when you talk to Conan O'Brien about it, and you ask him, uh, how would you have ended the Simpsons? He says, well, oh, I would have ended it in season six, and Marge would have taken the kids and just left Homer watching TV, and he's just sitting there watching TV like the fucking asshole he is. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's what Kona Bryant said.
1: And you know what? I think there's a...
0: We're coming to the end.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think that sometimes um, good good things do end, but here's the thing is like we do have that we, we can always look back on those beautiful, those when it was good. I love looking back when, when things are good. You know, it ends, it's a beautiful thing, it encapsulates a moment, and I'm into it.
0: You know, I wanna thank you for being on the show tonight. And I encourage everybody who's listening to this episode to go ahead and play it alongside of Wizard of Oz, because we exactly recorded it along the Wizard of Oz. And right now she's like, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. And you were there. Yep. And they're like, Well, you just got fucking you just need some riddling, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Well, you know what though? Wrap up the fucking story because there's just no place like home. Boom, dude. There's just no place like home, man, you know. And that's what I found. Uh, You know, this has been a great episode. I want to thank you, Kim Jackson. And um, for everything, you know. Uh, You've been just one of the best friends I've ever had. And as far as the story goes, with our lives, we're all self-contained. All right, guys, until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye. So what's up with that Adam Air MD GED and his underground cartoon therapy? Is he good or bad? I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Hey, nice, dude. We did it. All right. That was awesome.